dynamic voices for a diverse church. This is Pass the Mic. Greetings and God bless. Welcome to another episode of Pastor Mike, Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church, powered by The Witness, a black Christian collective. I'm your host, Tyler Burns. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and all social media at Burns Clan. Please follow at your own risk. And joining me today is the founder of The Witness. He has a very extensive bio. He is the man, the myth, the legend, the two-time best-selling author, Mr. Blue Check, verified himself. You can follow his writing at jamartisby.substack.com. Dr. Jamar Tisby, what's going on, brother? Hey, it's good to be here again, man. Hey, man, so this is the most wonderful time of the year, as you know. <laughs> this it's is what an we annual like to call tradition. It. It's an annual tradition of something that we like to call our cultural artifacts episode. And I'm excited about this. How long have we been doing this? We've been doing this, I believe this is year seven, no. year six. Jeez. I think so, year six or seven. Okay, it's an so institution So by right this now. time, I mean, we have... Over a hundred items. We should put it all into a master <laughs> we list. We should and see if we want to actually remove things. <laughs> you don't want to have. A, we can get some. Want to have like a re- <laughs> right? Stuff. That's true though. <laughs> see if we want to have like a recap of all the things that we've done That's and kind fun. of parse through the list. But this is also the first time it's history because it's the first time that we're recording it in, in the same person, place. Yes, man, I'm excited, bro. I, I I can tell you've been cooking. This year was hard for me. This year was difficult. But I, mine is probably difficult for different reasons than yours. No, I think mine was difficult too because I had to sit back and really process what was really sparking joy in my heart and what was yep. really challenging yep. me and what was really causing me to think through life and existence and yeah. my faith and all the above. So obviously for those who do not know the Cultural Artifacts episode, this is our year-end culture episode. We pick 10 things that have sparked joy for us. The rule for us is it doesn't have to have come out this year. It has to be something we consume this year. So Mm -hmm. that's the twist. So it could be something from 1915. It could be anything, a book, um, a person, an album, TV show, movies, documentaries, whatever it may be, uh, an experience that we had in life, a concept. It can be anything that is sparking joy. I love this time of year because we get to share some of our favorite things from the year with our favorite people, our audience. Yes. So, yes. Jay, you got 10 things? Yes, I do. Plus honorable mentions and, and all of that. So, yeah. Let's rock, man. Let's give, give me your number one. I, I mean, you know, this is in no particular in no order. No particular again. order. We're not we're not counting down ascending or descending order. Give me your first one. Yeah. So we always make fun of you for how hard you go for your city, Pensacola. Of course. And just how much pride baby. you have in your city. Pensacola in the house. <laughs> so like I said. Why are you laughing? It's America's go. first city. <laughs> It's America's first Isn't settlement. That like it wasn't St. Augustine. No, it wasn't permanent. But it's America's okay. first settlement. All hey, right. hey, let's get hey. it right. Let's catch get it up right. now. Catch up. <laughs> <laughs> I just root. I just roots the roots. Guy. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> so my family and I, we've lived in the Deep South for most of our working lives, and only recently, in the beginning of 2023, did we finally relocate from the Delta of Arkansas. Shout out Helena to Louisville, Kentucky. So my first cultural artifact is Louisville, which apparently is how you say it. Louisville, like you got a mouthful of marbles. I, would, I never say it like that. I don't either. I, but every time I don't, they're like, oh, you got to say it like that. You know, so, all right. Some folks say Louisville. I wonder if there's even a black-white difference. Anyway, I'm still, y'all, I'm new. It's I'm true. still getting to know. All right. So it's just a cool city. It's like one of these under-the-radar dope spots. 
I love the geography of it. It is like two hours from Indianapolis, hour and a half from Cincinnati, two hours or so from Nashville, four hours from Chicago, where a lot of my family still lives. So it's 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 a really good spot uh, geographically, but also culinarily. You know, we had to check out the food. So and the food is legit. The food is legit. Okay, man. so when I was there, you took us to this burger place. That was really dope. Yes, yes, and, and I've discovered way more than that. Now. Okay, yes. good, good. That's that's amazing to hear that the food the food is good. Incredible pizza. There's this steak spot I love, which I'm very picky about my steaks at restaurants because I think I make the best steak. But anyway, wow. Um, and then culturally too, they do they do Halloween big. They do Christmas big. They got. Every kind of neighborhood, uh, festival, whatever summer is dope. So I'm, I, and it's a mid-sized city where it feels like you've got everything a big city would have and need, yeah. but without all of the overcrowding, all of the 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 hecticness of it. And the last thing I'll say is, I really like Louisville because it's a blend of Midwest and South. You know, there's that mm. there's that question: What is Kentucky? What is Louisville? In terms of, is it Midwestern? Is it Southern? And the, and the, and the rea- reality is it's both. It's the confluence of both. So I grew up in the Midwest, but spent a ton of time in the Deep South. So it's like, okay. In between. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can walk in the gas station that has the display of Confederate flags and paraphernalia and be like, okay, that's familiar. But then I can also <laughs> walk down the street and see rainbow flags or Black Lives Matter right. in the window a of mixture. a store. Yeah, it's a big mixture. So I love yeah, that. It seems out. like you found your city then. It's a, well, I don't know about that, but it's definitely a good <laughs> for the next time step. Being, for this season. Yes, yes, for this season. So shout out. Shout out to Louisville. Okay, bet. I think my number one, I'll start with a little bit of positivity. Okay. A little bit of excitement. I'm glad. Um, a little bit of of feel good, right? You know, I'm always the, everybody says I'm the pessimist. I'm real deep, dramatic, all this above. But I'll say this. I have been moved by this particular person. And the best way I can describe it is I got it. Let's try it and rate it one through 10. I'm talking about Keith Lee, y'all. Oh Keith my Lee. gosh. <laughs> Keith Lee is my first cultural artifact. If y'all don't know, very Keith good, Lee is good. a food reviewer. Um, no fancy food training or anything, but he got big on TikTok for just going to places and reviewing their food, sharing it. And then based upon his reaction and approval, they'll get a line around the block, right? He started this in his hometown, Vegas, where he actually goes around to little known food spots or even food trucks. And one time he went to a food truck that he just ran up on because he was doing a run late at night and asked the guy if he could make him something. There was nobody out there. And the guy says, hey, um, yeah, I make mostly seafood. Keith says, I have a shellfish allergy. So is there a way that you can? He's like, well, we cook it all in the same oil, but come back tomorrow. I'll make you something. So he goes and gets all new oil, all new utensils, everything. And he makes him this burger. Keith tries it, loves it. And then the guy says, hey, man, I've just been struggling, you know, so you just being here really blessed me. So Keith says, man, let's bless this guy, puts his cash app up. Within 24 hours, he has $50,000 plus from his people. I mean, just doing incredible things. So it's interesting. Keith got into this really just because of his love for food. Mm. He didn't get into this so he could be famous, even though his brother is actually a UFC fighter. Keith was a fighter as well, but his brother's a UFC fighter named Kevin Lee. So a lot of people know him as, you know, lightweight championship contender from a few years back. And so Keith has just gone around to different spots. Now he's on a city tour. And I love it because Keith is is never wanting people to treat him differently. Hmm. He wants people to treat him 
just like any other customer. So it's funny, a group of us from The Witness had actually visited one of the restaurants that I won't say, but one of the restaurants that Keith Lee had said he received maybe questionable service from. We had visited that just a couple of weeks before and had questionable service. Uh. And so we had this conversation internally about all the things that we had felt about that particular service experience. And then Keith validates it by simply saying, yes, this is exactly what I experienced. And so it was really cool. Um, I just love what he's doing to spark joy. I love what he's doing in terms of especially highlighting small black-owned food mm-hmm, spots mm-hmm. and a number of different other kinds as well, but especially those black-owned food spots where he's really trying to put people on and share with his millions now of followers. And really, the Keith Lee effect is incredible. People will go from maybe 50 followers on TikTok to 50,000 in 24 hours. Yeah, it's I mean, like it's the Oprah amazing. effect on for her book club. Like it, it just changes people's lives when you get attention from this particular person. What do you think it is about Keith Lee's style or approach that has made him go so viral? I think it's amazing. Everybody wants to be put on, right? Everybody wants to have those moments where you're put on to the thing that nobody else knows about that people really feel is underneath the radar. But I think also Keith really represents a lot of people's feelings about food, a lot of people's feelings about the certain types of food that brings them joy. And he reacts in a way that isn't higher. It's just, he's honest. He says, hey, that's not for me. I'm a texture person. I don't like that. Hey, maybe it's a little bit too salty for me, but maybe it won't be for you. And I think he's also always pushing positivity. Mm. Even in his critical nature, he's Mm. always given this disclaimer, I don't condone any hate. I don't condone any sort of... Even when he was treated wrongly um, in a particular restaurant, even when they kind of mocked him afterwards on socials, which was a supremely unwise move. I don't know who was giving them advice (laughs) on that. But even in those moments, he just stopped people from hating on them and things of that nature. So... I just really feel like it's that positivity mixed with that insider information that makes people really encouraged by his stuff. So shout out to Keith Lee, man. From what I can understand, all I can see, he's a really solid dude just trying to put people on. He's doing it with his family, too. So hopefully he does uh, podcast reviews, too. Hey, uh, man. (laughs) No, that was a good one. Definitely a cultural phenomenon for sure. Absolutely, bro. What's your number two? (laughs) So this one, we didn't even plan this, but it dovetails perfectly because we were just talking about food. So this year- We're about to have a food food line here. It might be here. Um, This one, shout out to breakfast foods. I don't know. Did I somehow in 2023 become a breakfast guy? I don't know. I didn't know that. I don't. Well, Bo, our producer, is the known- breakfast guy in our group. But here's the thing. Here's what I started doing. I started making omelets each morning. And I don't know if you remember, was it was it Daredevil when Kingpin? Oh, yeah, yeah, It would show the scene where he's making his them omelets omelet look good. I ain't going to go hold you. Them top. omelets look good. Oh, man. Them villain omelets might go hard. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't lie. So, but, but even in that show, this is a deep cut. Sorry, y'all. But even in that show, it was sort of the ritual, the routine, the, the, the sort of everyday nature of it all. That's what it's become for me is just this ritual. So, I, it ain't nothing fancy. And I'm not saying Keith Lee would give it a 10. But what I am saying is, like, I cut all my own vegetables, um, mix the eggs. It's 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 the routine and the mm. ritual of making the dish. The same thing each day, tweaking it a little bit to try to get it a little bit better, trying a different type of cheese and all of these things. And 
And then sitting down and just eating a quiet breakfast mm. has been incredible. And then I went through and I started thinking about other breakfast stuff that I like. Did you know, Have okay, this is the most unexpected thing. We were traveling for Thanksgiving. We needed something quick and cheap. We stopped at Waffle House. It's the it's the Thanksgiving season. They have pumpkin spice waffles. Of course. And when I tell you. Bro, capitalism is undefeated, bro, man. No, listen. <laughs> the pumpkin spice waffle at Waffle House just blew me away. It was so good. There was actual like spice. Like you could you could wow. taste a little bit of heat with the, the, the pumpkin flavor. It was phenomenal. I respect that you like Waffle House because I like Waffle House as well. Oh, yeah. You I know, respect that. It, I like good food wherever it may be found. You know, um, the, it just blew me away. I was totally surprised by it. And then I just started thinking of, you know, all the different ways to make potatoes with it, whether hash browns or breakfast potatoes, fried, deep fried, whatever it is. And I'm like, dang, I really like, I even like the juices that go with wow. breakfast. I'm like, dang. Did what I has this done for your morning routine? Because I feel like you have a very strict morning routine from being around you. And maybe this is preempting something else you have on your no, list. No, it's like, not. I think um, you have a strict morning routine. You have some specific things that you do, disciplines from whenever I'm around you. So how has this really sparked joy for your morning? I look forward to it. Hmm. I look forward to getting up. I look forward to the first meal. Um, I mean, it's very basic. I get up. I, I try to write right away while my brain is fresh, uh, while, uh, you know, my parasympathetic system is in balance, right? And you've been then, listening to those productivity <laughs> videos. I feel you. I feel you. Flow um, state, flow state. Flow state. It. And then um, uh, after a couple hours, I, I, I cook breakfast mid-morning, um, do a few other things, go exercise, um, and then do the stuff I don't like to do, which is... yeah. Emails, Email, yeah, exactly. Administration, all that stuff. So Dude, shout out to incredible. breakfast. That's amazing, man. I'm gonna keep this food theme going. <laughs> I think I stumbled upon this show as I was looking for more reality cooking shows to watch. I really like cooking shows. I like you know your Top Chef, <laughs> your Master Chef. I'm still stuff. learning stuff about you. Okay, I, I love those shows, and I always have because I really love to cook. So I stumbled upon this show on HBO. It's called The Great Soul Food Cook-Off. And bro, it is amazing. It's eight black chefs <laughs> cooking black staple meals wow. all in the pursuit of a cash prize and also bragging rights. Dang, eight. Yeah, so eight black chefs. It's like also professional chefs that are grading their food. And so it's really just this black cultural engagement. So these chefs are experience. like from restaurants and whatnot. Yeah. So some of them are pretty famous. Others of them are self-taught. Okay. You know, so some of these chefs you would probably have known on and seen on other cooking shows if you are kind of in that ecosystem. And so you're like, oh, I recognize this person or I recognize that person. And then some, they just came out of nowhere. They have YouTube channels or they're just seen and loved by their families and their communities, or maybe they have a small business, but- it was incredible to watch them make variations of, of macaroni and cheese, which you know is my favorite thing to make. Yes. It was uh, Which awesome. shout out, you do quite well. Thank you, man. Thank you. Lie. Tell yeah, the people. Yes, I got like, to testify. People on. Thank you, brother. I Tyler's appreciate mac and no, cheese. I need you to give me a 10 right now. It's I need for you. real. Oh, <laughs> hey. I got to taste it again, but it was okay, up there. I got you. I got you. Jamar Tisby approved. Jamar Tisby <laughs> approved. But I really enjoyed watching the stories of people who have tried to make a life for their families through food, mm. but more so their, a life through their families through culture. Mm. And it was so special to me to watch them cry and weep about 
the food we all love, mm. you know, the Hoppin' John and the Black Eyed Peas and the Green Beans and the Gumbo and the fried chicken. Do they give like a little like lesson or background at the beginning of the well, episode? Well, absolutely. So you yeah. have to, they do challenges. Okay. So they do these challenges where you have to cook, you know, using whatever you have, or you have to cook staple meals that maybe enslaved Africans would have eaten or, you know, cook your best Thanksgiving sides or whatever it yeah, may be. Yeah. And so it's really structured like a professional cooking show. But it's just done with us. Yeah, yeah. And so to hear also the way in which they give affirmation to the chefs. Wow. I think that was the part that moved me the most is I can, I know what it is like. And I think a lot of us know what it's like to be pushing and pursuing a dream for so long mm. and wondering if it even matters mm. anymore. And just to hear a word of affirmation and encouragement from someone who looks like you is transformative, man. So I love the great Soul Food Cook-Off I don't know if they're going to bring it back for another season, but I hope they do because this was really top of the year when I discovered this. And I literally put it, it was the first thing I put in my folder. I was like, Cultural <laughs> Artifacts 2023, <laughs> the great soul food cook-off. Um, it's on HBO. So check that out. It was amazing. That's wonderful. That is that is really cool. So we hungry. That's what it means it. right Apparently now. So <laughs> we hungry. Make sure we eat before every episode. Um, so my next one, I'll switch gears from, from the food topic and go to the screen. Uh, This time, the small screen. And like you said at the top of the show, cultural artifacts for the year doesn't have to be something that came out this year. As a matter of fact, this is a show that came out several years ago, Hmm. but recently rediscovered it myself. The show Stranger Things. Nice. Yeah. Did you watch Stranger Things? Absolutely. Man. I'm caught up. So so it's the funniest thing. Uh, My son, his favorite holiday is Halloween. His favorite wow. stuff is is kind of scary stuff, spooky, not blood gore, but like yeah. sort of thriller kind of things. So just randomly, we happened to watch season four of Stranger, which was super intense for like young yeah, kids. For real. He's not that young. He's a teenager now. Wow. Um, but then he liked it so Bro, much. Bro, hold up. I just feel <laughs> old. I feel like gray hair has just popped out. Of this side of my being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing will make you age faster than realizing how fast your kids grow up. But um, it, it, we watched season four. He liked it. And then there was this long gap. And then one day we're just, I was just like, hey, you want to watch you know, season one? He's like, sure, let's watch it. Bro, when I tell you, so this is probably part of it, is seeing his reaction. Hmm. He freaking loves the show. Wow. We even got him a... Like this varsity jacket that yeah, Stranger yeah, Things yeah, yeah. from the high school, um, and 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 like he'll just be, I'll just look over at him sometimes, and he'll like literally jaw open, just just like wow. marveling at the show. The cold opens, all of it, and going back, I loved the show too. I don't think I appreciated it till I was watching it with him hmm. how much I liked it, but how well they did it in every every element of it. First of all, character development which is great, but you can still fumble the ball even though you have kids who are growing up and there's like a natural character development that happens there. They did it really well yes. with each character. They did an ensemble cast where every character has their place, doesn't seem overlooked or superficial. They add characters mm-hmm. every season that gel really well and make real sense. Uh, there's a, a, a an element of whimsy and like humor, but there's also a very 
deep, you know, fear element there as well. There's the nostalgia. That's my favorite part. They did the 80s so well. So well. We just finished up season three. They're at the Starcourt Mall. I'm like, oh, yes. I remember those stores. I remember those colors. I remember those fashions. And so... It, it's just been so much fun. And then to literally binge it. I mean, we're looking at like That's two, amazing. two and a half episodes a night. And then we're, 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 we're about to start season four all over again. And the, so the that's Vecna arc, I believe that's in season yes. four, the most recent. The Vecna arc was brilliant. Whoa. It was a brilliant Whoa. arc. Yeah. I love that. I really enjoy Stranger Things. It's one of those shows that does spark a lot of joy and also feels like a good binge show, but also not a binge show that's almost like potato chips. Exactly. It feels like it has some substance Absolutely. to it. Absolutely. But it they structure it in a way where it doesn't feel like you're being completely overwhelmed. So 100%. That's a great pick. Yeah. It was spark joy. Yeah. I'll keep us on the things that we watched and also the things that we watched on Netflix. And <laughs> uh, there is a particular movie. You know, it wasn't really a strong movie year for me. I didn't really feel like I saw a bunch of movies that I was really excited about or moved me or stuck with me. Maybe a few did, but I don't really know if they were worth mentioning. But there's one that I watched twice in a week with different people and really stuck with me. The Barbie movie. No, it wasn't the Barbie movie. It was not the Barbie movie. I haven't seen the Barbie movie. I'm behind. I haven't seen Oppenheimer. So uh, wow. I haven't seen that double feature. That's a, that's a surprise. It's awesome that they put out the sequel right after that. You know, <laughs> Barbie, then Oppenheimer. That's pretty amazing. Um, but but uh, the movie I'm talking about is actually They Clone Tyrone. Really? Yes. So it's a movie called They Clone Tyrone, um, directed uh-huh. by Joel Taylor, starring, of course, John Boyega, Jamie Foxx, Tiana Paris. And so... One of my favorite types of films are the woke films, right? Keep your third eye open films. I love those types of films, not because that's my personality, but because I love how it'll be so over the top and then they'll make a really good point. Hmm. And you like, hold up, wait a second. <laughs> that's a good point. Is that is that like the the, the get out genre? Yes. So kind of like the get out genre, right? Where they're like, it's almost like you're seeing, you're you're parsing through every decision the director made. You know, like at the end where she's like uh, drinking milk, you know, (laughs) while she's like looking at, you know, uh, basketball players or whatever to see who she's going to, you know, latch herself onto next and all this. So it's like, oh, what is this? What does the milk mean? And what is this? You know, all these things. So they clone Tyrone is a story about basically a small town hustler who's trying to make it in life protect according to what we know about it protect his brother and he is involved in a violent incident and realizes that he's a clone and it is absolutely incredible how they structured the film how they structure the way in which the people who are doing the cloning, the people who are involved in it. There's just so many different layers and levels. There's social commentary. There's hilarious moments because of Jamie Foxx and Tiana Paris and John Boyega. Um, they do that. They do it really well, kind of how they navigate all of this. And it's a great, fun story that doesn't feel like it's too deep or too light. It feels like kind of that perfect balance. So they clone Tyrone and John Boyega 
really I'm picking this because he does a phenomenal job. He plays like four different characters in the oh, film. Okay. So he does really a phenomenal job of navigating these different characters. There's even a clip on social where he plays his, his normal accent along with his, you know, um, hustler accent as well <laughs> in the film. And so he's having a conversation with himself, oh, with the nice. character. So with the British accent and then, you know, the the Memphis accent, you know, so it's that just really cool. A so legacy for he's sure. been a great legacy. So shout out to that movie. I really enjoyed watching that. Yeah, John, if you want to chop it up with some brothers who who get and vibe with what yeah. you're trying to do uh, in, in the acting world, staying true to yourself, your identity, justice. I think we can. There's room on the couch for you, of course, brother. There's absolutely. Room, I'm sure. I'm sure. Space. I'm sure he's listening. We can. We can add another mic we'll, or we'll, pass it. We'll be the couch <laughs> where you can process what happened with Star Wars. <laughs> anyway, so we'll be right back. We'll take a break here, and we'll be right back on this part one of Cultural Artifacts. Hey, everybody. This is Tyler. This is Dr. Jamar Tisby. And we are excited that you're listening to this episode of Pass the Mic. But let me encourage you to support us. You can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash pass the mic. And for just one dollar an episode. Just a dollar? Now, that's the bare minimum. That's four quarters. But if you want to go higher, okay, 5, go 10, higher. 15, right. 20, 25, whatever it is, that will keep this show going and keep the high quality that hopefully you enjoy. So thank you for listening. But you can take it to the next level. Patreon.com slash pass the mic we appreciate you hey folks dr jamar tisby here and i want to make sure that you know about the justice takes sides brand this is merchandise this is apparel to help you represent your values this is about getting people off the sidelines and into the struggle for justice that's ongoing today go visit justicetakesides.com get your merchandise and apparel there and follow us on instagram at justice takes sides And we're back here on Pass the Mic, our Cultural Artifacts episode part one. We have listed three so far. We have two more to go on this part one. And I have to be honest with you, Jamar, I am deciding what I am going to cut <laughs> in this moment. So what you say next, take your time. Okay. Because I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to cut on this My list. next two are super straightforward and not creative at all. But there are things that spark joy. There were things that were significant to me in 2023. So I'm going to stick with the uh, the film television category, and I'm going to broaden it a little bit, and I'm going to talk about the experience. and And so my fourth cultural artifact is going to the movies. Hmm. Going to the movies. Now, a lot of our listeners will be like, "Ah, what's so special about that?" Because you live in a place where you could probably get to a movie theater inside 20 minutes. Right. Where I used to live in the Delta, the closest movie theater was an hour away. Wow. And so it was not something that we did frequently, um, maybe a couple of times a year. Then all of that, of course, was interrupted by a pandemic where most of us, where theaters were closed and most of us were staying home and watching uh, streaming movies, right? Streaming television. So, Moving to Louisville to go back to the first cultural artifact, now we have movie theaters within reasonable <laughs> driving distance. And uh, again, my son and I, we just love movies, television. So we go almost every time there's a new release to the point where I got one of those like movie passes. Oh, you got the pass. Yeah. Very good. Like, Very like good. you go often enough and 
we have gone often enough that it's actually paying off uh, that that we getting discounts on on food and tickets and whatnot. But that for for more than a decade, that was not the case. So just the experience of it could be a daytime matinee, it could be an evening, it could be the premiere, it could have been out for several weeks. But what I always do, I always get the same thing snack wise. I get okay, uh, yeah. What's your snack order? Small popcorn and Skittles. And a frozen cherry uh, slush. Icy. Yeah, yeah, icy. Um, I mix the popcorn and the Skittles. I thought that was what you were yes, going to say. The That's sweet interesting. And the salty. I've, I've never, I've, I've never heard of that. I've, done, I've heard of the chocolate or the peanut M and M's. I've tried every like combination. That one's but my the favorite. Skittles is yeah, your yeah, favorite? yeah. Wow. I've tried Sour Patch M and M's, uh, but the Skittles stand out. Sometimes I do the hot dog there, but all of that, and then. The actual movie theater experience is yeah. pretty darn cool. I mean, of course, now they have the seats with the recliners and all of that stuff. But the where sound... you live, not where I live. But... Oh, really? No, yeah, okay. no, no recliners where I live. All right, so. Pensacola's going to get there. Come on. <laughs> um, but uh, the the sound, the 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 visual quality, and it doesn't even. I mean, there are some movies, of course, that lend themselves to that. Like, this didn't happen in 2023, but I will never forget the experience of going to see uh, Top Gun Maverick in the theater. Bro. Such a great film. Bro. You know, capitalism snapped with that one. War propaganda, like, went off on that one. That's such a great film. It was the perfect blend of nostalgia and updates. Um, I mean, they just hit it pristinely. But then, of course, it is made for a big screen with these dramatic fighter jet scenes and, and uh, landscapes and beaches and all that stuff. But that's just one sort of example of how powerful the movie going experience can be. And I think it's a testament. And to look at um, the way folks turned out for Barbie and Oppenheimer and other films this year, a testament that that's not going away because hmm. you cannot replicate it. And I, I've just enjoyed the heck out of being able to go to the movies and experience uh, entertainment, drama, action that way. Man, you never know. A down year and everything could change. So you think so? Yeah, appreciate movies while you have them, while you have the ability to go to them. Seriously, appreciate movie theaters. You never know. I so mean, really yeah, a Great it. Depression will mess things up, but it's no, not I mean, like people it's, will it's not, not want no, the experience bro, anymore. Bro, it's increasingly becoming more and more streaming-centered. People are going to have it's, – it's almost going to – I feel like movies are going to start to become – and in some, some ways they already have – a luxury a, a a luxury experience you know it's going to become like the theater right <laughs> you know i think that's eventually what i we're think at it. i think because the nature of output has changed right so i agree with you that there's a lot of stuff that's sort of made for streaming or made for direct to streaming and so the number of movies made for a theater experience is lower, which may make the experience more premium, more rare. But there's, I just, there's no way to replicate the theater going experience. Absolutely, I agree with you. I just think, imagine if the MCU ceases to be, and they stop making sequels. You know, I'm, I'm just saying, you, you're, you're talking about the money that's generated by a theater through one MCU movie. Well, one, yeah. one MCU movie from like five years ago. <laughs> right? I mean, I, yeah, from exactly. <laughs> I think people are hoping the MCU goes away, some of us. Um, but, but yeah, so you're going to have more single theater 
single screen, one to three screens, not multiplexes. Exactly. Right? Like, yeah. that's different. So anyway, we were getting into an explanation of how the entertainment industry has changed. I'm just saying, I like movie popcorn, and I like the seats, and I like the sound. <laughs> no, I think that's great, man. I, I, I'll, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to cut here, honestly. And so I'll stay with what was honestly sparking me joy. It's a rap group. Okay. And I'm going to transition us to music. There's a rap group called Coast Contra out of the West Coast that is cultural artifact number four for me. And the reason I think Coast Contra made its way onto my list is because it's a group of four guys who have been rapping for a while. I discovered them this year and they do these freestyles where it's almost like a fully immersive experience that they do. So they'll do things like all of them sitting at the table and they'll be narrating stories. And then they'll have this moment where they all jump in. It's like a true like performance. They'll um, rap in different languages. They'll, uh, I mean, it's just incredible group that really is preserving, I think, the essence of true hip hop. They did this immersive Red Bull freestyle, uh, freestyle with Red Bull, where they were just, it was like a 360. They were just walking in a 360, like rapping the whole time. And so the camera's like spinning the whole time. It was just, it was incredible. I personally think they have been, they have received so many of my YouTube views just watching. I'm a person that deals with words for my entire life. My life is built around words. And so watching the manipulation of language and the manipulation of sounds and cadence and pitch, which is the essence of what hip hop truly is and does well, and watching them bring that back without the commercialization of it has been absolutely phenomenal. And it's been so much fun. I've had so much joy watching their videos and watching how seriously they take it. And then because it's a group, I love the group dynamics. So you can see when someone sees that, hey, one of our group members, he's getting ready, he's going off. Or one of the the brothers, two of them are twins. So you can see when like one of the twins, like they look at each other and then they they go into something. And so it's like that whole group dynamic and the synergy and the chemistry of it is so special. So Coast Contra is my number four. I have so many questions. All right, like... One, how many people are in the group? Two, are they all from the United States? Or you say they're rapping in different languages. Three, are they all black? Is it multiracial? Yeah. Uh, four, or do they have albums out? Or are they just doing videos? Five, are these performances like like theater performances or what? So like yeah, so so it's it's, it's four guys. They're all black. I think one is Afro Latino. There's two twins, um, and I don't think the other two guys are related. But you know, they really do things. It's really hard to describe it. Like it's a freestyle, but it's almost like a rehearsed kind of situation because they do have certain things where they all say the same thing at the same time. So I'm wondering how much time did it spend? How much time did it take? And how much time did they spend working on this, practicing this? Because everything is so, you know, precise. And so, so I just imagine you're sitting at a table like we're sitting at with the podcast mics, similar mics that we use for podcasting. And then you start freestyling and rapping and, um, I've primarily consumed their YouTube videos. I know that they have some album stuff out, but I primarily consume their YouTube videos. They also seem like the type of people that step away for a while, then come back. Mm. And I love that. I love the people who step away, the D'Angelo's, the Kendrick Lamar's. 
um, the boxer Terrence Crawford, they'll step away for a long time, come back, and then they produce something incredible and then step away and mm-hmm. then come back and produce mm-hmm. something incredible. Mm-hmm. And it just shows that their habits on a daily basis produced something beautiful that people can consume. So Coast Contra, shout out to them. I have so many... I'm still discovering more about them. That's why it was like the one thing I was like, man, maybe I'll cut this. Maybe I'll put in an honorable mention, but I think they deserve their own space to breathe and um, get, get that shout out. Wow. Very cool. You're always good with the deep cuts, especially with music. I'm always, every single year, there's another artist or album that I- I've got I a couple, one that may make my list, but then another that's probably not going to make my list that I think you'll you'll like. Okay, cool. Well, I'll be anxious to hear. Um, my last one is very predictable, very on brand, not as a historian, but as a podcaster. And when I say this, I, I don't mean it as self-promotion. I mean it from the bottom of my heart and from multiple different angles. My fifth and final cultural artifact for part one is the 10-year anniversary of Pass the Mic. Hmm. Man. So the last time we got together and recorded, we did a 10-year retrospective. Uh, Bo hopped on the mic with us. We were talking about a decade-long journey. So first of all, pause. For any That's content real, creators, right? quote unquote, for for anybody to do a blog, a column, a podcast for 10 years consistently with the same group of people, that in and of itself is a feat, right? Like it should be like, oh, 10 years, great job. No, but think about sitting down for, we've done different formats. We would sit down week after week, or we would go on these, you know, recording retreats or whatever. That is thousands of hours of labor and effort put into it. And thanks thanks to our listeners, we have multiple millions of downloads over that time span. But the faithfulness and the dedication of you, of this whole team, of Bo to put this together is, first of all, astounding. Secondly, I I, I said this on an Instagram reel uh, um, when, when our five-part Pass the Mic, uh, Not the Voice, the Microphone series came out. Uh, After the second episode, I was so impacted Hmm. by by listening to not just us talking about it, but old clips from years and years and years ago and thinking about the stuff that we've gone through. I sat down, I recorded a reel, and I, I, I had to tell my audience, I said, listen, you have to listen to this. Yeah. Because we not only contributed to the conversation about race and culture and the church, I think that through Pass the Mic, we helped shape the conversation. We helped redefine some of the boundaries, introduce or use some of the terms, literally helping people think through what was happening, whether that was Black Lives Matter, Trumpism, uh, Theo bros coming for black women, whatever it might be. Um, go back, listen to not the voice, the microphone, the five part uh, retrospective of 10 years of past the mic. And as a historian, I genuinely think that people will be writing their dissertations on wow. past the mic. Wow. I think 30, 40 years from now, when they look at the landscape of race and Christianity in the United States today, Pass the Mic is going to be a significant part of that. Because what we were doing was identifying issues within 
U.S. Christianity, particularly within evangelical and Reformed Christian circles, and we were speaking as inside outsiders and outside insiders Hmm. to that in a way that no other group really could, very few other groups at least, right? So we occupy, one of my favorite academic words, a liminal space, this in-between space that very few people did, and then we did it out loud. We did it on the mic. So it's not that we were saying things completely unique or unheard of in the conversation per se, but we were doing it in public in a way and at a time that not a ton of people were doing. So I just think, you know, it is, I I, I have, I, I was there when we recorded those episodes, but I eagerly await every week when it was dropping. I could not wait for it to come out publicly. I told all the folks, um, uh, who who listened to me to go listen to this? Bo did an incredible, literally award winning job. I think Seriously. on on editing and producing it. And just shout out to you, man, for being a brother in this thing. Uh, for helping shape not only the conversation on the mic, but me personally in really positive ways. And for sticking with it for a decade, bro. Bro, that's special. That's really special. I'll be honest with you, hasn't sunk in yet. Seriously, like it has not sunk in yet. And I have, it's one of those things that I think when it really sinks in, it'll bring a lot of emotion Mm. because it is surreal to think that we just kept going. Just kept going. And we're still here. Yeah. And we're still going. So, man, shout out to Bo. Shout out to Ryan. Shout out to you. Just being able to do this with y'all has been a true honor. Likewise. Wow, how do we go on from that? I have one more thing, man. <laughs> Come on, take us up, man. Take let's go lighter. We went roots. Now we gotta go. All right, let's go gangster, man. My <laughs> my number five for this part one is Top Boy. Oh wow. Yeah, bro. Top You having boy. a laugh? Top huh? boy. Top okay. boy bruv in it. <laughs> in a bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh let me tell you, bro, Top Boy has been absolutely a blast. Top Boy is basically the British version of The Wire. It's on Netflix featuring characters like Scully and Duchesne and Jamie and Jag. and um, Man, it's just been incredible watching the character arcs. Also watching the arcs of what it means to succeed, mm. what it means to overcome, what it means to figure out how you're going to make your mark in the world. And also the perils of street life, mm. the perils of getting money quickly. And to watch the character arcs specifically through generations, because one of the things that is always seen in Top Boy is some sort of of transition, some sort of baton pass and some sort of power struggle between those who were and those who will be. Mm. And so it's it's funny because it's almost like which Top Boy are you talking about? Is it originally it was Top Boy just was its its own thing. And then they kind of reimagined parts of it when they went on to Netflix. And so now there's Top Boy Summer House, which is the old episodes, the old seasons. And then there's Top Boy, which is the newer seasons. Well, so explain the concept of Top Boy. What's that terminology or nomenclature? So it's it's drug terminology. So these guys are in the drug game. And so basically the Top Boy is the, the head guy, you know, the top. So basically both... Many of multiple people are trying to become the top boy, Got it. right? So it's a mix of British and Jamaican uh, slang. Mm. So that's why you get some of those things that kind of cross over a little bit. Um, there's a heavy social justice angle to some mm. of this. 
And there's also their relationship with law enforcement, the relationship with their past, um, the relationship with their families. It is a magnificent show. It is a magnificent show. And now it's done. It's completed. So I can officially say they ended the show, I believe, incredibly well, mm, which is hard, hard to, do. to do. Absolutely. Now, I, you know, there's obviously you know, quibbles that you can make. And there's this bittersweet feeling that you have when a show is ending. Of course. But how they did it, I felt like was so appropriate for the characters and the arcs that they had. Wow, so, that's good. That's shout satisfying. out to Top Boy, man. I really feel like it was satisfying. And I'm going to the music, the, the music Ooh, in Top Boy, the music selections were huge. just picture perfect, pristine, amazing. Um, so I really like that show. And I really feel like um, that was one of those moments this year where I'd watched a little bit of it before, but I didn't stick with it. Yeah. And then when I got back in, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> like, this is incredible. So I've you know? never I've never watched an episode. I've only seen on social media people doing like skits from it and basically taking the accent over the top and the terminology in apparently bit, yeah, in a bit. is very distinctive. Like they're just taking phrases and whatnot. It's hilarious. No, it's amazing. <laughs> I, I'm, yo, there's if you've seen The Wire and you've enjoyed The Wire, you will enjoy Top Boy. It's the same show. It's just done in a different way. And dare I say, maybe. Uh oh, watch it. Don't get canceled. No, not, not, not better. I was just saying, like, <laughs> I think, like, I would say grittier and a little bit maybe more realistic wow. than The Wire. I think The Wire still has those stylized elements that maybe yeah. at some point in time, like, take you out of it where you're like, oh, okay, this is a show. Right. But Top Boy felt like I was watching real life. Wow. So shout out that's to Sideboy. That's 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 my five. You wanna you wanna run oh, down your five? Yeah, again? so my, my running down my five, uh Louisville, Kentucky, Breakfast Foods, Stranger Things, going to the movies, and pass the mic 10 years. And my five are the person, Keith Lee, uh, the show, the great soul food cook-off, the movie, they clone Tyrone, the rap group, Coast Contra, and the show Top Boy. That's a good five, that's man. A good that's a good one. five. That's, that's a good, good. You got a good five. I'm excited, y'all. I, I want to know from y'all as our audience, what are the things that are sparking joy for you? Please send it in to us. Leave it in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, will you do us a favor and just go ahead and subscribe and click the notification bell so that you can be updated every time we drop an episode on Pass the Mic. Jamar, I think that's it for this one. Yes. Uh, should we go old school? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll see, <laughs> see you soon, soon on the next Pass the Mic.